Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad. We realise that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Yeah, so hello, everybody. How's it going? Obviously, yeah, Andy's not here today, so we brought in Jody, which is just as handy because Jody has more to say on this subject than Andy anyway. Um, so, yeah, we're talking today about sort of those little or big injuries that kind of can get in the way of your training that can get in the way of your actual trip how to manage them how to prevent them and then obviously any questions you guys have about any aspect at all it is handy if it's about injuries but if it's not don't worry about it you can ask us about anything drop them in um marky v actually in the uk today stuart taylor jambi I wonder if that's Jambo. Oh, yeah. Do you reckon that's Jambo? Yeah, unless Jambi's a word that I haven't actually come across before. I think Stuart's going soon, isn't he, to Kelly? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. It's a good knowledge. Yeah. Good knowledge. Um, oh, we've got Jerome as well. Jerome the Rock God. <laughs> I feel like he gave that name to himself. <laughs> you know, it's like when anyone ever says, like, uh, yeah, my nickname in high school was Maverick. <laughs> you yeah. know what? It's, uh, it's always a lie. I was going to say something. I was going to say something else then. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks anyway. So we'll, we'll jump into it today. Um, obviously, Andy's not here today. Um, he's off, I think he's attending his sister's, Steph's graduation. Is, yeah. So uh, congratulations, Steph. A lot of hard work in the bank. Um, but we're here to talk about sort of injuries and stuff like that. Um, have a great day, Chief Yeti. Um is he telling Andy that, or am I? I think so. Am I the chief now that Andy's not here? Yeah, like I guess, I, I'm, I guess I'm now the painted head. Um. Anyway, yeah. So we wanted to talk about it because our season's about to kick off at the minute. Um. There's a big, you know, huge chunk of people going to Killy. Um. Perhaps have already been um to Nepal. We've had K2 base camp recently. We've got mm -hmm. some big peaks coming up. And it's always at this time of year, just before the season starts, that we get contacted by um, Evertrekkers that have picked up a little niggle or a little injury or something like that. Um, and they have kind of a lot of questions about what that means for the trip. Are they going to be able to do it? Are they not? It's a lot easier if you break your leg. The decision's made for you. What we're, what we're probably going to focus on most is that kind of irritating injury. You had one recently, didn't you? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um, so I... Like I did actually manage to complete the marathon back in April. I can't believe that was actually this year. It feels like a lifetime ago now. Um, Manchester. Yeah, Manchester Marathon. Yeah. But um, three weeks before, I picked up 
uh, injury in my hamstring. Luckily, it wasn't, uh, you know, a tear or anything like that because it can be quite nasty. It was more of a repetitive sort of strain. Um, but yeah, so it's, it was about managing that, um, trying to manage it um, before the marathon. Luckily, as I said, I did manage to complete it, but um, it is difficult, especially when you're training so hard for something you really want to do well, and then you pick up something sort of last minute. It can be really like well difficult to take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's plenty of things that you can do. Um, I decided to stop with the running for a couple of weeks. I did more sort of swimming, strength, um, sort of training and things like that as well to see if I could sort of manage it. I did go to see somebody about it as well, to see, um, you know, to get some advice whether I could run with it. Um, but yeah, ultimately, yeah. these are the worst, well, they're not the worst type, but you know what I mean, as in the most annoying type of injuries, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I suppose that right there has said one rotator cuff, so I think that's a shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. It is that exact, like, I actually find, like, that those type of injuries are really, really irritating because um, one of our good friends, Tam, broke his shoulder, um, mm -hmm. and he's ready to go and do Mera Peak, and it's taken a lot of rehab to get to work. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised when you think about just walking. Yeah. Like, you think, oh, yeah, my upper body's going to be fine, but yeah. actually it's not. It, it, it's all off. Yeah. And it feels really weird and awkward. Um, yeah, I mean, my my particular injury was one that it was annoying, really, because it was rather innocuous. I crashed a mountain bike and like I've, I've crashed a hundred times worse. Um, but this one particular day, it just, you know, the mountain gods didn't, you know, look kindly on me. And then I, that really damaged my knee quite badly. Um, and it, it was really kind of... I had to almost like break it down into like manageable chunks about how to try and figure that out. So if you do have an injury that's kind of like waylaid you for a little bit. For me, it was like the very first instance when I, I remember being an A&E and I called Andy and I was like, Andy, I've really done it this time. Like this is really going to be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And then he immediately, you know, he's really good with his mindset and stuff like that. And he really started to try and talked to me about well uh, right from that get-go well look it's not over but what's the next step what's the next step let's get there and then we'll worry about the one after that yeah yeah and I found that that really did help like it was quite a long recovery process but I actually think I probably wouldn't have even done it if I knew that whole time that it it was going to take me a year yeah and it was going to be like awful mm -hmm. So what I did was like, yeah, the first step was, well, just kind of like walk without crutches. Okay, that's good. And then what do I do then? Now it's about straightening it and strengthening yeah. it. And little goals like that kind of kept me on track. Um, and actually having like something to look forward to, like something in the, you know, in your history that kind of, well, in your future that can like motivate you to get up and train. For me, that was too tough. Yeah. And um I mean, I failed to get to the top, but that wasn't due to the knee. <laughs> that wasn't due to the knee that time. But yeah, it is kind of it is kind of interesting. Um, Jerome's made a good comment there. The real yeah, difficult, yeah. yeah, deciding if your uh, minor injury is going to stop your adventure. So who do you ask? I think that's with that as well. The, the first thing, if you even if you do think it's a minor injury, is to maybe have a little rest. Um, you know, the it, it does depend what the injury is, but like 
this obviously about the rest and the rest ice compression yeah. elevation um you know just to see if if it is just a, just a little niggle that will go away or if it is something that you you know a little bit more serious the worst thing you can do is just keep on sort of straining that and then it can turn into a, a bigger yeah. injury and um, so go on. yeah i guess that's it isn't it you need to give yourself a little bit of time after every little thing to yeah. like I do agree with Jerome that it is sometimes quite difficult. Like yeah. if you've got a bit of a sore knee yeah. and you're like, oh, is that just like aches and pains yeah, from training yeah. or is that like a torn ligament or something? You know, you don't really know. Um, but I did find that like, yeah, whenever I've had like a little niggling injury and I'm not kind of certain of how to do it, 100%, just stopping what I'm doing yeah, right yeah. then and giving it at least a week. Because it feels when you're in the middle of training, that's another thing. It's about mindset. So if you're right in the middle of training, it's so hard yeah. to get yeah. into the motivation of training every day. And once you're there, to suddenly like stop. It's really upsetting. When, yeah. yeah. When something happens like that. When it, you're close to a goal as well and, you know, yeah. you want to do well. Oh, it's absolutely like gutting when it's it happened to me like as when i was training we we just got back from kilimanjaro mm -hmm. and i summited Kili and i felt great the whole time and i was like josh this is great i feel i'm in a good place yeah then covid so for the best part of a year i did very little mm -hmm. i mean a lot of people like everyone reacted differently to covid i think it depends how you entered covid yeah exactly. because covid started for me pretty much the moment i got back from kilimanjaro mm -hmm. so i was kind of tired and a bit fatigued and i was planning to have like a couple of weeks rest anyway and that just it never started again yeah, because of lockdown yeah. so then I started like training again and going out on the bike which is my preferred way to train these days um for cardio yeah. you know it's just to, it's just to ride the bike mm -hmm. and then my knee exploded <laughs> and then all of a sudden because I'd got so like I was so pleased with my progress and I was so really happy and then all of a sudden it's just it's over yeah a big part of it was actually trying to get past the like the, the 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 negative mind space and yeah. stuff like that you tend yeah. to beat yourself up a lot with stuff like injuries yeah definitely um another thing as well with jerome's question um i actually i know they can be quite expensive but i went to see an osteopath with my leg um i after the marathon i stopped running completely because i was in quite a bit of pain with yeah. my left leg um yeah and it was i was lucky in the in the case that it was basically my answering was shortened a little bit and then it was like everything had moved slightly and that that was causing the pain it just took a lot of stretching massages that sort of thing and i'm back to normalish now and you went to the the ice chamber yes thing. i did try cryotherapy as well that was um breathing yeah. <laughs> yeah did you find it worked did you find it made a difference to be honest at that time i think i was just in like a such a I needed to do everything I could. Yeah. I would I would have tried out absolutely anything. But yeah, I I thought it was really good and I felt good after coming out of there, but they were they needed more to yeah. be done basically. But yeah, people swear by the the cold baths, the cryotherapy things like that. There's one not too far from us isn't there like um they've got like an actual uh, it's like a chamber that you go into. Yeah. You had to have two beanies, didn't you? I did. I went, <laughs> I went in the first time and I had some sort of like brain freeze. It was so painful, the hair did. So um, I had to like knock on the chamber door yeah. for him to let me out. 
and you said a can half and give me an extra beanie. How cold and I'm was it? Fine. Oh, I couldn't remember how cold yeah. it was. Yeah, it was a lot, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Like minus double figures. Yeah. yeah. It was freezing. Yeah. yeah. You see, when I when I was using the knee, one of the thing when I was using the knee, when I had the knee injury, one of the things that I had to deal with a lot was to, was to manage the swelling. Mm -hmm. So what happened to my knee, for those that don't know, and I'm pretty sure everybody does, was that I, I had a mountain bike crash, and I did like a number of different things to the knee, which was which was so awkward. I thought I broke my leg originally, and I was so devastated. And then looking back, I wish I had broken my leg because it's a relatively straightforward fix to get right again. And it would have been a lot quicker. But at the time I was just kind of dreading looking down and seeing my leg at a right angle and then having to get down anyway. So what I did do was I completely tore, like snapped my ACL, which had completely snapped and detached. So that was a bit of a nightmare. Um, I tore some meniscus, which I think is like the shock absorber in your knee. That wasn't very good. And then because my knee hit each other, I had a fracture running up both sides of my kneecap, which was a nightmare because that meant I couldn't walk on it until the fracture healed, which meant that, you know, that it just got worse and stiffer and stiffer because it wasn't being used. And one of the things that I was told to use, and I still own, was this um, compression mm -hmm. knee support. So you put ice packs in the knee support, yeah. strap it on, and then you've got a little pump that you pump up and it just goes really tight. All right, yeah. And apparently... It works really well. I don't know whether I actually benefited that much from the ice. Mm. After a while, I started to dread it because mm. I had to do this like every day, yeah, yeah. especially after um, physiotherapy. Yeah. So I, every time I, I just dread the ice. I don't know why, but it just yeah. started to. I just started to. It used to really make my leg ache. But apparently, it's really good. Something to do with the blood flow mm. is drawn like inward. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, it's constant, you know, and I think it deals with, um, I don't know whether the blood is drawn away from mm. the area, which reduces swelling, because when, yeah, I'm, not sure. I'm not entirely sure how it works. I'd be interested to know, actually, yeah. but um, I think I did do a lot of research about it, but um, yeah, it was kind of weird. And then another thing that I bought, which was really weird, was one of these like electrical impulses, mm. specifically from a company called Nehab. Um, that thing I actually think worked really well yeah. because one of the things that I was really struggling to do was like get the muscle firing right because all the uh, like apparently all the electrical signals from your brain to your leg to your muscle are all weird yeah like it wasn't working and still this one leg is like about an inch smaller than my right so quite interesting yeah. But, it's um, be extreme, haven't you? You can't just have a little injury. I, I got away with it for years. <laughs> you know, I think it's always like I always like the two sides of my training. Like, I quite like the chill, which is the mountains, the slow, yeah. the choir, you know, seeing like awesome features, but you don't really get much of like a rush from that. Yeah. And I'm not, a, so my rush and my adrenaline comes from mountain biking, and I got away with it for years. Loads of crashes <laughs> where I'd like knock myself out, which isn't great to be fair. No. But, um, a lot. Oh. yeah, apparently, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they say that getting concussions is bad, but you really want to not get them after you're 40. And my last one was at 39. So I figure I'm okay there. Yeah. And my I haven't started slurring my words or anything yet. So that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So interesting. So I'll dive in a couple of questions. Obviously, if anybody's got anything they want to ask about injuries, about how you're actually recovering and things like that, yeah, me and Jody would be happy to answer them. Um, 
so the first one's from Josh Larkin, left a comment on the live stream announcement. What are our thoughts and opinions regarding training with a high altitude training mask? So interesting. So they don't help you acclimatize. That's one thing that's accurate. What it does is it just sort of makes breathing harder. So the, a lot of the information that I've learned about those masks, because I was very interested in them when I first started going to altitude, um, is that the the process of going to altitude is more than just, you know, it's harder to breathe. There's physically less oxygen in the air because there's less pressure. So all the oxygen kind of moves apart, which means for each, you know, the, the amount of oxygen in any given volume is like a lot less. Um, so but when you breathe in through one of those masks, you're still getting the same amount of oxygen. It's just harder to breathe. That doesn't mean they don't have they have zero benefit. Obviously, they are good at sort of strengthening the cardiovascular system. Um, it'll get you used to training whilst you're out of breath because the feeling is going to be quite similar. Um, for that, to be honest, I, I recommend running or cycling up a hill. Cycling up a hill is particularly like, I think, really good because you, you are, if you're going a really steep hill, you're going actually quite slowly, yeah. but your heart and lungs are working quite a lot. And it kind of feels to me how it feels when I'm at that altitude. Like I'm walking quite slowly, but my heart and lungs feel like I'm running. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, there is one of those. I mean, I've seen a lot of people use them. Personally, I think if you are interested in pre-acclimatizing, there are ways that you can do it. I'd recommend getting in touch with the Altitude Center um, where they actually have um, equipment down there that can simulate mm -hmm. high altitude in as much as, you know, it, it actually gives you less oxygen um, and you can do a degree of pre-acclimatizing. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I would look into. Yeah, make sure you book your consultation. I had mine last week with the Altitude Center. Did you? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're free when you book a trip. Yeah. So, um, yeah, add a little chat to, I think it was James from the Altitude Center. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, really good. It's had a chat about, you know, just training. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to pop down there if I can before Killy. Oh, you should do, it yeah. It will depend on time, but I'm hoping to pop down there as well. Yeah. Just make it like a, a weekend to London or something yeah. and go down there. You only need a few hours. Yeah, yeah. It is really good. I will say it is really good. I mean, when it comes, because there's two reasons you can go there. They do have a, an altitude chamber, which is set to around, I don't know, 3,000 meters, give or take. Um, so when you go in there, that's, it's like being at 3000 meters, it's, mm -hmm. you know, and they yeah. do have some like treadmills and stuff. So you can do altitude training. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to take it that step further, you can get like tents and things that you can sleep in or spend a certain amount of time in. Yeah. And they, they trick the body into acclimatizing. They work really effectively. Mm -hmm. Our trips, so all of the stuff that we do, um, particularly all of the treks, we always say that you can acclimatize on the trek. You don't need to go to that extent. Um, but the biggest benefit I got from going there was just the knowledge that I had, yeah. you know, just what, because when you go to altitude, when I first ever went there, I was quite anxious because I'd never been to altitude before. Not even like, I think the highest I'd ever been was Snowden before mm -hmm. I went to EBC. Hadn't even gone up. Same as me now, yeah. Yeah. And I was a little bit like, like, what is like altitude? Like what, mm -hmm. why, what will it do to me? You know, what? how do I know if I'm getting sick? You know, like, cause sometimes you can get a headache or whatever. And is that altitude related or is that just like dehydration or exertion? Yeah, yeah. So going there gave me a big, big insight into, you know, essentially what altitude is. And we all know what it is logically, you know, or intuitively, you know, it's, it's high, but also what does that mean for the amount of oxygen in the air? What does that mean when the 
body? How does the body react? Yeah. And um, and just knowing all of that made me feel like so much calmer. Mm -hmm. um, well, happy. Pratesh has joined. She said she was on a phone call. <laughs> it's the same time every week, Pratesh. The same <laughs> time every week. So you got to, you know, you got to do like twelve twenty nine. Okay, whatever, whatever. Bye, 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 bye. And I hang up. So yeah, awesome. Um, question here from Sa. Um, do you want to take this one through? Yeah, so um, do you know much about anemia and high altitude, um, more prone to altitude sickness, which makes sense, and throw an iron tablet on my throat. So this is something that probably I need to look into a little bit more. Yeah. So um, I did struggle with anemia um, last, well, towards the end of last year, beginning of this year. It affected my training quite a lot for the marathon, actually. So that day when you came in? Yeah. And then as soon as you, I think as soon as you left, I said to like Vicky, I was like, man, she looked like she was going to die. <laughs> you, like, you did the same thing at the time, but the next time I see well, you, was like, you looked so ill. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I'm a gentleman. But you, I remember you walked in and you were like grey, <laughs> like an alien. And then you just sat there and you were like, oh, something. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. So when you went home, I was like, for the best like yeah. you know we don't want to have to call the ambulance so yeah, yeah what happened with that then after so so yeah um i do recommend i don't know if you are already speaking to your gp in that so they should be doing the blood tests to make sure that it's going it's increasing um if you are taking iron tablets um but yeah i, I don't know if it's the the relationship with um yeah energy, so but i know it gives you it's low low energy so it's, it's just going to be you know, it's not going to be great for yeah, any so sort of training. I, I, I think anemia, that's that's just a low, low iron, iron in the blood. So I think there is probably a, a correlation between altitude and, yeah. and anemia. Part of that, I think, will be exertion and dehydration. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever you get dehydrated, all of the important stuff in your blood will get lower. Um, when you trek at altitude, you will start to dehydrate as you acclimatize. Mm -hmm. Even if you just sat there doing nothing, your body will use more fluids. Um, you'll start peeing more just from being at altitude. Um, so when you add in like a quite high exertion levels and a lot of sweating, that can certainly make it um, more prone. And then I guess it depends if you've got a medical condition or something. Yeah. Anytime you tend to go, altitude isn't a natural environment mm -hmm. for us humans. You know, we're supposed to live at sea level pretty much. We don't... Um, you know that's why that you know above eight thousand meters they call the death zone you know and we're, we're on you know although we're not that high you know the symptoms of altitude start coming in from about two and a half thousand three thousand meters so yeah to be honest i would 100 percent go and visit two people one would be i would go to the altitude center to learn more about altitude um they know a lot about the physiological effects of altitude on the body and i would go to maybe nomad travel clinics yeah. speak to one of their guys over there they know a lot about that so um yeah, and Sarah said uh, less red blood cells, so you're going to struggle more. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say you know we we all know that the the, the red blood cells carry oxygen around the body. When you so there's kind of two processes that kind of start to happen. Once you've been at altitude for a long period, this time you know two three weeks, and then it it gets there, is that your body will start producing more red blood cells. So your blood actually becomes quite thick and viscous. If you watch a interesting documentary about Richard Parks, a rugby player, okay. he summited Everest and then he went back to summit Everest without oxygen. And the whole point was he was going to be monitored by doctors the right. whole way up. And although he felt totally fine, they called his 
expedition off because his blood and you see it when they're doing the test it's like sticky and stringy crazy. and um you're, you're at risk of a stroke and yeah like yeah you know so i suppose if that you know the converse can can equally be true if you have less red blood cells in your body because of anemia then perhaps you're going to be um you know it's, it's just going to amplify things but yeah without going into any sort of medical advice i would say 100 percent. if you do have anemia i can see already that that's not going to play well with you at altitude or get it checked another one i'm just thinking is diet as well yeah i mean particularly if you eat you know like a diet that's kind of rich in iron yeah. i guess like a lot of red meat perhaps and yeah, then you go yeah. to altitude and then you you switch to suddenly being a vegetarian yeah. um it is something that i think i started doing after i started going to base camp is i, I have a lot more vegetarian meals yeah so it's not just such a shock to the system yeah um you can find her in sort of like I think it's in like beans and you know different yeah. things but yeah i definitely um i don't know if you prescribe the medication or anything but, but you know i'd take iron tabs with you if there's something that you struggle with but i would speak to your gp well for the norm, normal clinic about that yeah to make sure you've got the the actual expert advice yeah awesome <laughs> Uh, Sass using it as an excuse to have a steak dinner once a week. Do you know what? I think I might be anemic actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might be anemic today on lunch. That's why I was like, I had Guinness as well. Guinness, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone says that. Don't I? I, remember my, I remember my sister in law when she was pregnant being told the only alcohol you're allowed is half a Guinness because it's good for the baby. I don't mind a Guinness. Guinness and blackcurrant. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, I, you know, I had that for the first time fairly recently. You do. I think I prefer a normal Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't like mixing too much. <laughs> I don't even like desperados, you know. No. Put tequila in my beer. <laughs> but um, awesome. Um, yeah, Jerome is saying I think I might be in the minority. Is it normal to have no high altitude symptoms? Anyone else there experienced this? It's turned into an altitude test, isn't it? As opposed yeah. to injury. I suppose altitude sickness is an injury <laughs> of some degree. But yeah, um, George Jerome is different every time you go. So, you know, I would say, you know, I, I'm quite similar in you into a lot in a lot of respects in as much as every trip that I've gone on, I've never really experienced too much difficulty. I did when I went to Kilimanjaro, um, but I'd done base camp four times prior to that and didn't have a single problem. And even on Kili, I wouldn't say I had severe altitude sickness or AMS or anything like that. It mm. was more... I just started feeling all of a sudden, like I woke up one morning and I just, I was like, wow, low energy today. Um, even at the previous day, I felt fine. Yeah. And then as I was walking up to Lava Tower, which is quite, quite high, mm -hmm. I started feeling a bit like, oh, just a bit weird and a bit woozy, almost like hungover. Yeah. So I knew I was going down after Lava Tower. So logically, I was thinking, let's go down, spend the night at a lower altitude and then see how I feel. But at the same time, I was like, I want to make the summit so i did switch yeah. to taking diamox as well so yeah that's what i did mm -hmm. um i said my nurse many years ago in hospital used to give me a bottle of stout because it's iron content yeah that's awesome isn't it yeah i mean you could you, you can get iron supplements quite well yeah. can you yeah but if you're going to be like literally prescribed guinness <laughs> you know i suppose other states are available um yeah so yeah just going back to um sort of injuries as well so do you have any concerns because you're going to Kilimanjaro in a couple of months um so I have changed up I think the issue with my last training I was as I was just saying I was a little bit I had some health issues beforehand and then I felt like I'd missed out on some of my training and instead of just going back into it nice and slowly 
I went from zero to 100, running yeah. five times a week, trying to fit everything in, and then it just didn't go very well. So this time, I am listening to my body more. So if I've got any injuries, I'm stretching more. I'm using, I've got a massage gun now as well, foam roller. I'm doing everything sort of, well, a little bit better in that way. Yeah. Also, with the exercise, I've switched it up a little bit more as well. Although I still do quite a bit of running, I am going to the gym, so strength training, yoga, because um, that's all things that's going to help prevent yeah. the injuries as well. So I'm hoping all there is, you know, yeah. going well. And... I think I think I think Zach is doing all of that stuff as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been telling me, um, oh, we need to go, need to go training, need to go training, need to go training. Um, I think he is pretty much started. He said he went for a run, didn't he? He did. He did a half run last week, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he did. I was quite happy for him. Slash annoyed because mm -hmm. his first ever run, I think he's like ever pretty much done, and it took me about six months to get his time on a six k. But then, you know, I'm like five, Zach. <laughs> yeah, like like I I could like if I lost an arm, I think I'd lose more. <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, he did well. Yeah, no, he did really awesome. Hey Evertrekkers, how you doing? Sorry to jump into this awesome episode that you'll be listening to, but I wanted to see if you could do us a huge favour and vote for us at the next British Travel Awards. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes, um, which is bit.ly forward slash vote for Evertrek 2023. That's 2023. Um, get on there. Uh, we're hoping to win the best uh, travel company for adventure holidays. Um, would be epic if you could vote for us. Um, you know, it's been a mad couple of years, but uh, mean a lot to us because it's voted for by our Evertrekkers. Um, so yeah, if you could vote for us this year, um, it, the awards are in November um, this year, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll win. Um, anyway, I'll let you get back to the podcast, and I'll chat to you soon. Bye. Yeah, Stuart Taylor said they're currently on a five-week training plan with the guys at the Altitude Centre, mm -hmm. finding it's helping so much with the acclimatizing and breathing technique. Yeah, awesome. You know, it's, uh, I've actually got a little breathing technique that I use. It's not very sophisticated, but I read it in um, some book. I can't remember. If I find the name, I'll put it in the mm -hmm. chat, um, where they talked about when you're trying to, like, catch your breath at altitude, there's a way to breathe, which is kind of like to sort of take a deep breath through your nose and then, like, force it out. Yeah. So okay. I still do it now, and it's. I usually find I'll do it. Like, if I'm hiking or cycling and I just get to the top of a climb where you stop mm -hmm. for a second – you're trying to catch your breath, I go, like, push it out. And I don't know why, but it, like, calms me down. Like, and, um, yeah. So I do think breathing techniques are really, really important. Yeah. Andy is, uh, he, he does a straight. I like a good Wim Hof book as well. I like to. Do you? Have you read yeah. Wim Hof? Yeah. Yeah. I've never read it. Have you? It's all about being cold, isn't it? I'm not interested. <laughs> like, I don't mind the cold. It's not breathing as well. Is it? You don't have to just go in the cold. He seems pretty adamant, though. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he's very excited, isn't he? Yeah, I'm happy to get in cold water. You know, like I, I like cold That's water dips. That's thing we keep saying we're going to do as well. I know. Do you know what? It's really hard though to get motivated to do it. I know. Like in the middle of the day, like generally speaking, if you're super motivated, you'll get up early in the morning and go and do it before work. I'm not that motivated no. to go and climb in a river. No. Just don't care enough. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've got the aircon on now. That's kind of cold water therapy, <laughs> I guess. Um. But yeah, any other questions anybody's got? Um, oh, Stuart, yeah. that's the exact technique that they're suggesting. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because um, I definitely read it in a book, but maybe the Altitude Center said it as well, which is why it's at the yeah, forefront of my mind. Maybe. But honestly, it really, really does work. So if anyone you know wants to kind of practice that, I usually like find it best not when I'm in the middle of like a steep climb, mm. but when I kind of stop for a rest yeah. and I want to like lower my heart rate and calm down. Doing that kind of works. Yeah. Um, and it's something uh, I think I very right at the beginning when I started going to high altitude started using and now I use it all the time everywhere yeah. I go yeah push it through pursed lips while ascending yeah it's interesting I'd love to know why that um how it works and the physiologically and stuff like that and uh, Pratesh I heard you to take a breath on every step yeah certainly I mean I think it's a good idea to try and keep your breathing as steady and as regular as possible um because you know, if you're climbing and holding your breath or not breathing every so often, your heart rate will start to rise and it makes the recovery that much mm -hmm. harder. So generally speaking, at high altitude, my aim is not to get to the top as quickly as I can or as, you know, fat, you know, push yeah. as hard. It's about keeping everything like on the calm. Yeah. Um, it's always that easy because you are going to be yeah. mega out of breath oh, and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. always in the back of my mind, my aim is to keep things like on the level. Yeah. So when I'm hiking and training and climbing up high, I'm just, it's all kind of ticking over yeah, like a yeah. diesel engine, you know, yeah. and it's just ticking me over that like that. And I find that if I approach things that way yeah. with that in mind, I'll naturally start breathing more yeah. and I'll be conscious of my speed and my pace. Mm -hmm. um, it does make a big difference. Actually, it's one of the things that a knee injury has actually helped me with Yeah, was I was always something of a fast faster hiker yeah um physically being unable to do that for such a long period of time kind of taught me to like hang at the back and yeah, get used yeah. to it and now it's kind of i definitely slower because i my, my leg physically just doesn't work as well particularly on the downhills um but yeah it has kind of taught me as well to change my mindset and things like that yeah we do a lot of in running we do um we call it sort of zone two training where yeah. you purposely like it shows you when you watch where you are and with your heart rate yeah and to stay in the zone yeah at all times not to go over under and that is like usually like a comfortable level yeah and that that builds up your cardio yeah do you know what there's an interesting book out there um it's by rich roll and he is a um like an ultra athlete that mm -hmm kind of was sort of at the beginning of the upright not the first but at the beginning of this vegan uprising right. you know when people started switching to a vegan diet um i can't remember what it's called but i think it might be called ultraman or something like that anyway if you look up rich roll it's his most famous book it's a really good book and one of the things he did when he started getting fit and started training for these ultras um was his trainer told him you know your heart rate shouldn't go above whatever yeah 130 and then he found that to do that he was walking like practically almost like a slow mm -hmm. jog yeah and you know other like you know less fit less capable runners were just like blasting yeah, past him yeah, yeah. and he said it was really hard to kind of just stick there thinking like this is just pointless i'm yeah. not getting any benefit but he actually did say that if you just stick with it Mm -hmm. it does pay dividends over yeah, if, yeah. if your goal is to do like long distance yeah um so yeah that might be a good idea actually for training to kind of like get some advice from a personal trainer or someone that knows yeah. about it to 
to do it more scientifically. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've always just listened to his body. Yeah, and just kind of like shot in the dark, really, <laughs> like move more and eat less, and I should be okay. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, so we should probably talk about some of the things you can do as well to kind of manage injuries on a trek. So once you're actually training again, once you're, you know, moving again and, you know, you're confident the trip's going to happen, but you have that little worry in the back of your mind, there are certain things you can do to sort of limit the effects of an injury. Um, one of the things that I, like, I, I can't exercise without now is a knee support, mm -hmm. um, you know, and sometimes people don't want to like start wearing them because then they feel like once you start that'll be you forever but if you're actually nursing an injury there's no harm in just kind of giving yourself that little bit of extra help yeah the knee supports i think make a massive difference for me yeah, yeah. one of the things they do that i just really appreciate is that sometimes like because then my knee isn't as stable at the end of a big hike it aches mm -hmm. And that's partly because it's been perhaps moving around and like yeah. kind of like I don't know why it feels like it's squabbling for stability, you know, where you put that knee support on and it holds everything nice and yeah. tight and it just feels like how it should feel. Yeah, well if you're on like a stony trail or anything, it's gonna be a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess um, footwear is a big one with stuff like that as well, isn't it? With yeah, having the right um equipment sort of thing yeah made a big difference for me was switching my boots and insoles up yeah so initially and this is before my knee injury i started going down this more cushioned approach mm. so thinking that like getting the most comfortable spongy um trekking boots was the way forward and i bought some like some of those hocker one ones and stuff like that and granted they're like walking on you know cloud but I did find that then they don't offer the support. It's not for everyone, is it? No. I think it depends on how you walk, run, whatever you yeah. do. Um, what sort of um, the bottom of the machine, you know what I mean? Yeah. What sort of um, thing you need at the bottom. I, also, I think one of the biggest things that affected me was that like, I'm not the lightest hiker. Mm -hmm. So going downhill, there's quite often like a lot of you know, yeah. force. Yeah. And then if the boot isn't stable, my foot move forward yeah, yeah. i noticed it big time on um ben nevis right where we did the cmd route and just on the way down man my feet were killing me because mm. all day every time my foot was pointed downward my foot slid towards the end mm. um and then i switched to like a, a stiffer um leather boot and then i put the trek in super feet trailblazer insole and now it's like rock solid it's just stillness yeah and that's what i find works for me it's avoiding those like little jars and stuff like that yeah yeah i'm saying that they just bought the active 360 recommend oh yeah brilliant yeah they're my favorite ones like they are they, that's what i wear every single day like i've tried pretty much every knee brace there is to try the reason i like these ones is it's sort of wetsuit material mm -hmm. like neoprene but they don't, it doesn't slip That's down. That's what I've had before. See, I've tried before and I found that it's just been uncomfortable or. Straight. Yeah. I mean, it's all knee supports are quite annoying. One thing that bugs me is that like they bunch up at the back yeah, of your knee. Yeah, yeah. Drives me mad. But this one does stay relatively in place. When you get like yeah. the, the, I don't know what material they are, I call them like sock material. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. They will slide down. Yeah. With a neoprene, it gets very sweaty and horrible, but it just sticks in place. Um, 
yeah they're absolutely they're absolutely great and they just provide that like nice tight feel of the knee yeah and um it doesn't tend to get looser or stretch or fall down yeah everyone's asking what leather boot would that be uh actually do you know what um <laughs> it's a set of scarpers would you believe no no i did switch to mainland boutons um which i actually moved on from now um you know i didn't get that sponsorship no matter how many times i mentioned them but no, actually, they're still one of my all-time favorite boots. I absolutely love them. Mm -hmm. But I have always felt like when I first put them on, they're a little bit too tight. Mm -hmm. Once I start tracking in them, I don't notice it, and I don't get blisters. As soon as I put them on, I just feel like, ah, it just feels a bit tight. So I switched to a pair of Las Portivas Equilibriums. They were okay, but didn't quite get on with them either. They felt mm -hmm. too tight. So then I switched again. To a different set of mandles called the tonales and they worked okay yeah yeah but then <laughs> then i had to buy a new pair of b2 boots um because the equilibriums were b2s but i didn't get on with them so i bought some scarpa manta text you tried them all out yeah. i'm a degenerate mm. yeah but honestly i don't like, it really bothers me the amount i've spent on boots and going boot shopping on Friday. Yeah, that's the start of it. Mm. The problem is though that when this is one of the things that's tricky about buying boots is that when you buy a pair, I generally am not capable of making the decision in the shop. Mm. Like the only way I really know whether I'll like them or not is by hiking in them. And then once you've done that, that's it. Yeah. You, you yours. sell them like for the fraction of what you yeah, paid for. Yeah. I gave my mandles away. I might do another giveaway soon. I've got so many boots to get rid okay. of. I've got those hawkers I could get rid of. I got a pair of Las Portiva Trangos I could get rid of. Yeah, I might do a giveaway soon. We'll see how <laughs> we'll see how I feel. We've got an Instagram giveaway currently going on at yeah. the minute. Um, yeah. So if you guys want to check that out as well, Master of the Mountains giveaway where you're getting like space on a training weekend, altitude center assessment. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. There's a few bits. There's a few bits, isn't there? And some goodies as well. Yeah. yeah. Bottle. It's a really good one, actually. It's yeah, really, it's what, it probably is. one of my favorite giveaways we've actually done. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I love the free stuff. Yeah. But actually, if I was going on a trip, this is the one yeah, that I really yeah, want to win. Yeah, this is the one that I would, uh, that I'd be interested in. Um, yeah, another thing that I think really helps with injuries as well. You might want to get a pair. Actually, you're borrowing mine, aren't you? I'm borrowing yours. The trekking poles. I know you were going to say. Yeah, that. yeah, the trekking poles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they 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 really do make a big difference for years and years and years i never ever bothered with poles i just trekked yeah now i don't trek without them everywhere i go i i bring them except for when i'm in Kitty, you can't trek without them yeah but i don't think i'm anywhere actually i don't know i might be in morocco oh, are you because we're going in when are you going to Kili? what 14. i'll be back by then okay. i'll be back by then yeah so I'll use them in Morocco and then you can have them. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, but they do make a massive difference, um, particularly for me going downhill. It's one of the times where I'm now, I used to be pretty good at it. Never, never the fastest going mm. downhill, but now, God, I'm like an old man. It drives me mad. But the poles disguise that fact. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like without, the without them, I've started twisting my body sideways and like mm. stepping down you know which i never did before yeah no i was it? confident of going like face to <laughs> down but now, now it's like i've got a, i've got to turn like slightly in there so i don't feel, <laughs> in case i slip 
But when I got the poles, I'm confident I can go forward again. So, yeah. You can't have another concussion, can you? No, past 40 now. That's 40. it. Yeah, the more I'll get. Um, <laughs> I watched a, a, a Will Smith movie called Concussion. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, one. it's pretty good. It's about like um, the effect that like long term and multiple concussions have on like American football players. All right. And I remember thinking like, I've had, probably had about four in my life. Mm-hmm. But then these guys have like hundreds. Yeah. So I think I'm all right. But I have been like, yeah, this is another thing I've started doing as well, talking about injuries, especially as I've sort of started to like get a bit older, I've stopped being so reckless. Mm. You know, like I'll never do a bungee jump now. I'd love to do a bungee jump. Uh, Those days are done for Mm. me. I mean, I'll still climb high mountains and, and ride mountain bikes and stuff. But now I tend to, you know, keep my wheels on the ground and don't do anything silly anymore. I don't bounce like I used to. I hit the ground like a meteor. Now. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, Andrew's got, hey, I'm an old man. Ah, man, you're not, you're not, you, you, I say old, we're not old, mate. We're not old. We're, um, you know, experienced is what I like to say. Yeah. Uh, Pratesh, uh, I need to get a trekking pole yet. Thanks for the reminder, Dave. Yeah, 100% get them. Pratesh, they're an absolute lifesaver. Um, particularly when you're um, trekking at high altitude as well, because you'll see so many people leaning on their poles to catch their breath and stuff like that. Um, especially for going uphill, they make things a lot easier where you can use your arms to kind of like take some of yeah. the, the force. And then that keeps your legs nice and fresh for when you're going down. When you are going up as well, you can slightly shorten them because you're you know the, putting them like in front of you on a hill. When you're going downhill, you can lengthen them and put them out. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, if you're going to, well, in fact, every trip, but Kilimanjaro on the last day, very slippery. Yeah. Very slippery. So you'll have to definitely use poles. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of times on EBC, you'll kind of be on like gravelly paths and things like that. And it's very, very slippery. Um, Stuart Taylor, 53rd birthday on the start of my Kilimanjaro check, ages, but a number. Absolutely right, Stuart. Absolutely right. Um, Dewey or Dewey? Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> I was going to say, I've got a Welsh speaker here. Do you want to speak Welsh to Dewey? No, no, no. Because he must. Dewey Davis must speak Welsh. I'm not Do you having... speak Welsh, Dewey? Well, ask him in Welsh. <laughs> I think I actually shall speak. I think I actually shall There you go. <laughs> Didn't you say the other day that you, you bumped into your teacher and she started talking Welsh to you? And I was so flustered. Yeah, you weren't prepared know, for it. I wasn't. She was probably like, oh, I've wasted my time on Jodie. <laughs> She's forgot everything. I know. Yeah. You've got to catch me in the right sort of zone to yeah, speak Welsh now. Exactly, it's yeah. been a long time. So on a rugby day, after a couple, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've just watched Wales win. <laughs> Who have they beaten? Yeah, so they went over. Um yeah, then then you'll get like a fluent Welsh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, awesome. Yeah. Again, everyone's saying like the, the poles are really good. Protesh as well with poles, you know, you don't, um, it's quite tricky. Like when you go to buy them, like you can pay a tenner or you can pay 200 pounds. My view is like you don't really have to get carbon ones. I had carbon ones before and I accidentally gave them away. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but they were amazing and so light um, and really strong. One of the things I like, but it depends on how kind of heavy you are, I think. Yeah. If you're like quite light, um, it doesn't really affect it. But if I buy cheap aluminium ones, it's very easy for me to bend one because if I lose my balance and it's like in a rock, it's, it's a lot of weight yeah, to kind yeah. of bend it. 
the carbon ones stay like nice and stiff mm -hmm. but actually the ones that um is that well all the time yeah yeah do you, and you just google translated that or do you reckon that's, <laughs> little, do you reckon that's legit yeah no he's used the little trig like there and i think it's Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. No, oh, nice, very nice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, wow, Patesh is just over ten stone. Wow. I think I was ten years old the last time I was ten. I'd love to be ten stone. You must feel like you're walking on the moon. Like the force of nature is just so light on you. You know, it's like with me, I just feel like every every other person, like, <laughs> you know. But yeah, awesome. I need to get. Uh, bright, right. If you're old, Dave, I must be a dinosaur. <laughs> no, I mean, no, not old, not old. I always jest. Ever since I turned 40, I jest. I tell you one thing that has happened. No, my car insurance has got cheaper. Oh. I've just renewed now, and the only difference between this time and last time is I'm a year older. Amazing. Um, looking forward to 40 then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we had a question there where someone asked, Do our guys carry? Um, yeah. I think it was Pratesh actually. Do our. Um, guys carry first aid kit with the money bc or do we have to take our own yes they do so all of our guides will carry a first aid kit in there there'll be you know the usual sort of stuff for like you know slips trips and falls um there'll also be medications in there for stuff that happens quite a lot so upset stomachs they'll have diamox on them and lots of stuff like that um i always tend to bring my own yeah. just like a little personal one yeah um you know just because Find it if I need a plaster, I'm perfectly happy sort of getting it and stuff like that. One thing I do say is if you do bring your own Diamox and stuff like that and you are going to um, take it, let the guide know first um, because they need to know where everyone is, what they're on. So if they do need to help you, then they know exactly what you've taken you already. And, and also, you know, experiencing altitude sickness and you haven't taken any Diamox is a different situation to deal with than having altitude sickness and you're already on it so how they'll react to you is like quite different and stuff like that awesome um i'm only 18 year old did you know but i have terrible condition that makes me look 64. <laughs> that's jerome wow jerome that is um yeah horrible it's i think it's incurable as well actually because <laughs> when i first met him he only looked 62. <laughs> and uh, so i think it's actually getting worse but yeah, poles, knee supports, all of that stuff makes a big, big difference. Um, you know, just to recap again, boots as well. Um, sometimes if you're having trouble, like lots of aches and pains in places like your hips, your back, your knee, your ankle, anywhere, a lot of that can often be, you know, solved by getting good boots and yeah. maybe some orthotic insoles or something like that, or just some good insoles that work for you. The super feet ones that I buy, the trailblazers, they're at 40 quid, which is a lot yeah. for insoles. Yeah. But that's all I ever use now, so mm. and I'm just so used to them. It's brilliant. Um, I with stuff like that as well. I swear by stretching as well. Yeah. I mean, no, you should be warming up, cooling down, and I know it's sometimes easier said than done. Um, but yeah, I I found if I've had like a slight, I had a slight hip issue before. It was only a really small thing, but while I was running, it was like I could feel it. Yeah. Um, after a certain amount of miles, and then yoga it doesn't have to be yoga but just stretching in general making sure that you are um stretching all the muscles you're using and i think people think as well i've it's it's a it's a, i've only been for a walk do i need to stretch you should definitely still be stretching yeah. everything to make sure that you're you know 
I'm not a stretcher, no. see. I should do. You should. I really should do. Because I went to a chiropractor once and she told me that my spine was the stiffest she'd ever worked yeah. on. She had to get a colleague in to try and do an adjustment. She couldn't do it. Amazing. But I do, I've known for a while that I haven't, I've got loads of like weird problems that could be probably solved from a good stretch yeah. every day. Yeah. Like my hamstrings are too tight. Mm -hmm. That's a result of cycling. Yeah. So apparently it's a way that the hamstring contracts when it's not like fully stretched. Right, okay. So it actually shortens. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then um, massages and stretches. Really? Was, like, was the answer, yeah. It's mad when people say, can you touch your toes? And I can get my hands to about halfway down my shins. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so inflexible. Also, my lower back as well. It's constantly feeling a bit tight. So I'm thinking about going to see this um, therapist mm -hmm. that can do a lot of, like, um, treatments and stuff mm -hmm. like that to try and, like, and gives you stuff to, to do to loosen it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should really stretch yeah. before and after exercise. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, interesting, you see, because I read somewhere that some, someone said maybe not before. You shouldn't do static stretches before, but there's still stretches yeah. that you can do, sort of a warm-up stretches. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference between a static stretch? So this is when you're still, when you're stretching, you know? Yeah. Like a static. <laughs> yeah. But like, so you know a, what I mean? <laughs> but a non-static one, is that like when you kind of do like a lunge and like stretch your leg yeah, or something? Yeah, or you see... Oh, like, like moving yeah, like that and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Samantha said, my roomie went at EBC, Diane, um, stretched every evening. It really helped me also. Deep tissue mm. massage is good. Definitely. Yeah. No, yeah. Diane's, um, yeah, she's really active, Diane. Yeah. She's constantly doing stuff. Um, Derry said, chub rub is a problem. I wouldn't know. I don't know why you looked at me for. I don't know. Like, I just... Uh, <laughs> But no, yeah, uh, if, oh, if you've got it, I must be like, do you know what I read for that, that um, antiperspirant deodorant? Do you know, I did buy, it's slightly different, but I have issues with my sports bra sometimes, mm. um, like obviously rubbing against the skin. And I bought, it's, it is basically just powdery stuff. But yeah. It was like, you know, sold as a yeah. anti-chafing sort of thing. But it was brilliant. It was really? really good, yeah. And it was wasn't a couple of quid yeah really good yeah i've also heard yes yeah, like antiperspirant deodorant is kind of good for that mm -hmm. uh, one thing that i use like i i use it on the bike but i don't really get the, i don't suffer from the chafing too much which mm. i'm really happy with because it seems to be a nightmare yeah, for those that do yeah, it, it can be really bad and it. i don't even think it's related like a lot of the time because i see people like a lot smaller than yeah, me like yeah. really suffering with yeah. it but um, you can get what's called like chamois cream, which mm. cyclists use. Yeah, yeah. And it's to prevent getting like saddle sores and stuff like that. Mm. So what you can do is get some of this chamois rub and stuff like that and like rub it on the inside of your thighs. It's yeah. a bit slimy and horrible, but it actually doesn't. Yeah. It's better than Vaseline for kind of reducing the heat and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, awesome. Um, I did see another comment up there. Was it from? Uh, Pratesh said, I was thinking of uh, taking a small kit myself and trying to avoid taking di Dimox as I have an overactive bladder, dreading getting up in the night for a week. Yeah, it is a bit of a nightmare. Um, when I took it on Killy, I realized that I had to kind of get all my drinking done at least an hour before I went to bed to give myself the best chance of having the, you know, an interruption free night. Mm. But also it depends on how close you, you are with your roommate. Like sometimes, you know, you could just pee in a bottle. Honest to God, like if you don't want to get up, particularly I'm thinking in places like Gorek Chef or, yeah. or on Kilimanjaro when you've actually got to leave the tent, mm. you know, if it's like windy and horrible, 
like you just kind of go to the front door and just pee in a bottle. Yeah. And I believe that there are certain apparatus that women can <laughs> yeah. buy that, 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 that helps uh, pee in a bottle. I think I'd have to just go to the toilet. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah. But also, like, like if, if, if you know, it, it, like I said, it depends on who you with. Yeah, I don't think me and Zach are that close. Yeah, I don't think you and Zach are that close. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, have you seen my apparatus? <laughs> like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice one. Oh, Marky B, he's off to Costa Rica next week. He travels an awful lot, that boy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no fluids after 6 p.m. Yeah, I've got a, a wee bottle of Amazon, which I take with me. See, exactly. Mm. See, the wee bottle. Yeah, so Diamox, it is a tricky one because you, you, you do start to pee a lot more. You do have to drink a lot when you're at altitude. So, you, you know, I'm, you know, three to five liters a day. Three is a minimum. Five is like, okay, that's kind of what I have because I sweat a lot. Mm. But it's kind of, it's more of a challenge to get that five liters done at least an hour or two before yeah, you go to yeah. bed. I, I drink so much water as well. I mm. like a pint of water before I go to sleep as well. Deal. And yeah. you don't get up in the night. Uh, you've. <laughs> <laughs> you but yeah like try some diamonds you get up like 20 times in the night it drives you mad it is weird and it's kind of strange it's um yeah there's no way around it really and yeah. it depends really how i think i'm kind of used to the disturbed sleep i can almost get up and have a pee and go back to bed and it not awesome. and not not have it really wake up yeah but um yeah it can be a bit of a nightmare I have heard some people have like nearly lost their minds like yeah. you know where it's like you get a bed and it's like no as soon as you get your sleeping bag you can feel it again you're like oh god it's not quite the same as going to try it in your own house is it? no no yeah. exactly but awesome guys i think we're pretty much there now so um yeah we've done a bit of an altitude slash injury <laughs> session that's fine um yeah thank you everyone for kind of like coming on and sharing and stuff like that it's uh yeah it's really good to kind of like talk about these things share our experiences and also learn from you guys um yeah i guess uh it's same time next tuesday yeah i've got to avoid saying see you next tuesday <laughs> yeah because that's uh that's naughty but awesome guys thank you very much and uh yeah see you next week Cheers.